Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi, friends, and welcome to a brand new season of the podcast. I got started with season two a while back, and then it seemed like the whole world just fell apart, didn't it? Um, goodness, who saw that coming? So here we are, six months after everything with the global pandemic first hit, and uh, we're all finding ourselves in situations that are certainly unexpected and new. I know for me, one of the big challenges has been that we've decided to homeschool our boys for this year, uh, at least until we get to a point where it's safe for them to return to school. Their district is doing virtual learning, which did not go well for us for a variety of reasons last spring. So we have made the choice to do um, actual homeschooling, which means that I am planning, I am teaching, I am grading, I am doing all the things in addition to all the other responsibilities that I have for my job. Uh, So that has been fun. Um, Certainly not something that I was looking to do. And in fact, if you told me last year this time or even last Christmas that I would be homeschooling my boys for eighth grade, I would have laughed you off the planet. Um, Homeschooling was never even on my radar, not even a little bit, even though I have been a public school teacher in the past. Um, But you know, crazy times call for drastic measures. And so here we are. And um, one of the interesting things for me in this situation that we find ourselves has been that I have been responsible for creating a lot of our curriculum. Now, I do fully intend to send the boys back into their regular school system once the pandemic is over and it's safe for them to return to their classes um, in person whenever that might happen, um, at the very least, hopefully at the beginning of next school year. And so it's been very important to me that their academics stay consistent. Um, I've been trying to research and find out exactly what they're supposed to be learning. For example, in history, in eighth grade, they do American history starting with the Native Americans and the early explorers all the way through the Civil War. So that's what I've been brushing up on. Science is earth science. So we're learning about the layers of the earth, the earth and the moon, the relationship between the earth and the sun, different rocks. So I am definitely getting reschooled in all of those areas as well. But one of the fun things has been when it comes to the special areas, things like family and consumer sciences, which is another fancy name for home ec, um, things like music, art, PE, we get to go out on the golf course when we want to. Uh, But what we're going to be talking about here on the podcast, as well as on my website, is the art instruction. Because basically, it's been up to me to come up with a curriculum for what I want to teach them in art this year. I started by asking them what they were interested in learning because I have all different kinds of supplies, all kinds of project ideas, but I needed something to kind of guide our study, um, sort of a roadmap, if you will. Um, As a teacher in the past, I just feel a real need for a syllabus. I need an outline for where we're going. And um, so one of my boys, my 12-year-old, really wanted to learn about Van Gogh. He just thought that He was an interesting guy, an interesting artist. He likes his work. And my other son wanted to learn how to draw animals. So I thought, well, there's no reason we can't do both. As a matter of fact, Vincent Van Gogh has a painting called Lying Cow. It's not one of his most famous paintings. We all think of Starry Night and Sunflowers and some of the others. Um, But the Lying Cow is actually in the style of realism. It's just what it sounds like, a cow lying down. You can Google that and see the image. Um, It's a very 
normal, lifelike looking cow uh, that doesn't look like the style that we've come to associate with Van Gogh. And as I researched, what I found was that there were a lot of Van Gogh paintings that I wasn't familiar with. Lots of still life, uh, there were lithographs that he made, uh, all kinds of things, printmaking, things that I didn't know he had done. And it occurred to me that it would be very easy to build a syllabus based on studying all the different kinds of techniques and all the different paintings that Van Gogh created throughout his lifelong career. So I built a syllabus based on certain paintings and the styles that were used therein. We started with the lion cow so that we could draw those animals and that led us to the study of realism. So for the first lesson, we're gonna be talking about realism and how to create realistic animal drawings on your own. I figured since I was doing the work of planning the lessons anyway, why not share them with those of you who might find yourselves in a similar situation where you are um, working with kids who are doing virtual school or homeschool right now, or maybe as an adult, you just want to do some of this yourself and explore different styles of art. There's no age limit to this, um, not on the young end or the older end. Um, this lesson can be adapted for creatives of any age and any level of experience. So today we're going to do that first lesson together. We're going to talk about realism, and then it's going to be up to you to create your project. So when we talk about realism, the idea is that we're trying to create something that looks close to the way that it looks in real life. And there are some tips that we can employ as we try to draw and paint in this style. The first tip is to physically look at what you're drawing while you're drawing it. It helps to have a model. Now, if you're drawing something that's not going to walk away from you, <laughs> you can have it right there on the table. However, if you're talking about drawing animals, which is specifically what we were doing, a photo actually works best. And the reason for that is if you have pets or other animals um, near you in your backyard, maybe you know that live animals move or you might not have access to them. For example, one of my sons wanted to draw a shark and the other wanted to draw a blue-footed booby from the Galapagos Islands. So neither of those things happen to live in our home. It's gonna be much easier for you to use a photograph than to try to capture a wild animal, sit it on your table and draw it. Um, the second tip is to use grids or guidelines. So once you've printed out a photo of the animal of your choice, what you wanna do is overlay a grid of some kind because that's gonna help you to keep the proportions of your animal's body correct. One of the hardest things about drawing things in a realistic way is that our brains don't always process the proportions correctly. And that could be when you're drawing a person, um, an object, an animal. For some reason, we don't always just intuitively know how long the arms should be or how long the tail is compared to how long the back legs are, those kinds of things. So the best way to do this is to overlay a grid. So if you have a physical copy of your photo, what you'll wanna do is you'll wanna take a ruler and some type of marker, and you're gonna to wanna to divide up that photo into sections. Based on the size of your photo, you can choose how big you want those squares to be. They can be an inch by an inch, they can be two by two, it's totally your call. But you're gonna measure carefully and just draw those grid lines over top of your animal photo. 
if you have an iPad and you have the app Procreate or another photo editing app, you can do this digitally, which is kind of fun, definitely easier. You can open up your photo in Procreate, which is what my kids were using. You're going to open your picture. You're going to go to Canvas, turn the drawing guide on, and that's automatically going to put a grid on top of your photo. Then you can adjust what color it is, how dark or light it is, and what size you want those boxes to be. Then basically, you're going to do something like what you maybe have done before in a puzzle book where you see a picture with a grid and then you try to copy by looking at what's in each individual square and drawing that in the corresponding square on your blank grid. So you're going to take a look at your animal photo and you're going to start in the first box that has part of your animal and see what does the line look like? What is the outline of my animal that's here? Is it part of its head, part of a foot, part of a tail? And you're going to look at how much of the box it takes up. Does it start halfway? Does it fill almost the whole box except for the top left corner? Take a look at in relation to the rest of the box, where's the line? And then you're going to try to recreate that on a piece of sketch paper. Now that means you're going to have to divide your sketch paper with the same size grid that you used on top of your photo. So let's say for my boys, one of them had a seven by four grid and one of them had um, six by four, I believe, six tall and four across. So you're going to want to do that same thing on a piece of sketch paper. And you're going to just try to recreate what you see one box at a time because it's far less overwhelming than just trying to redraw what you see and it helps you like we said to keep the proportions correct. You also want to keep in mind that your outline should be light. This is tip number three when you're drawing with realism or painting with realism. There's another style called line drawing which is where we have dark heavy outlines for everything and then we color it in. It's you know what we think of when we outline something in black but that's not what we want to do for a realistic looking animal or any other object because in real life things don't have thick dark black outlines at least not most of the time. So Keep in mind, real things don't have those dark lines around every edge. Instead, they sort of just blend into their background. Um, so you want to keep the outlines of your objects light and natural. Number four is to pay attention to details. What are the distinguishing features of your animal? You don't need to draw every hair or whisker that's on your cat, for example. It would take you forever and it would be impossible. But you want to make sure that you include important markings. If your animal has stripes or if it has a few spots, those kinds of things, you want to pay attention to those distinguishing features. Things like the shape and placement of the nose, things like the shape of the eyes. Um, pay attention to what makes your animal really unique and focus on those features. And number five, tip five is to have a range of tone. And what that means is you're going to want to use darker and lighter shades of the same color instead of just coloring the whole thing, let's say brown. Let's imagine that you're drawing a cat. Our cat is a Bengal, so he's dark brown with darker brown, almost black markings. He's a marbled one. And as I draw him, I'm not just going to draw the outline of a cat and color the whole thing brown. 
that's not going to be realistic. Instead, I'm going to pay attention to, as he's laying in the photo, where are the shadows? Where are the darker areas? Where are the lighter ones where the sun is hitting? Pay attention to how some animals, uh, some areas of the animal are going to be darker than others due to the shadows and those natural markings that we talked about. And this is going to help add dimension and realism to your picture. So those are the five tips that we have. Look at a real photo of what you're drawing, use grids and guidelines, have light outlines, pay attention to significant details, and use a range of tone, which means darker and lighter shades of the same color to add to the realistic effect. So once you've chosen your animal, printed out that photo, put a grid on top, and created a grid on your paper, you're going to start sketching the outline just to give you an idea for how to draw that animal. Then once you're pleased with the sketch, that's when you want to make the move to creating your project and pull out a canvas. We used flat back canvases, but you could use a stretched canvas as well. And you're going to very lightly use a pencil to mark off those grid or guidelines once again. Then you're going to repeat that same thing that you did in your original sketch, where you're doing your very best to recreate what's in each square, helping you to keep the proportions of that animal correct as you transfer it to the canvas. Then it's going to be time to add color. You can use any media that you like. You can use watercolors, pastels, oil. Um, my guys used acrylic paint. Um, and keep in mind, remember that we're going to use different shades of the same color. Don't be afraid to blend. Add white if you need something to get a little bit lighter. Add black if you need it to be a little bit darker. And remember, we're kind of blending the animal's outline into the background. We don't need a hard outline. We're not going to take a marker or black paint and go around the whole thing outlining it. We're just going to let it be just like it would be in real life. As for the background, the best suggestion I can give is that you want the focus on your animal, so the background should be minimal. Try to stick to something like grass. If you look at Van Gogh's lying cow, the background is basically a bunch of grass where the cow is lying down. For my son who did the shark, his background was water. For my son who did the blue-footed booby, his background was that the bird was standing on a gray rock and then there was some water and some sky in the background, but it was just very simple basic colors. Um, he didn't focus a whole lot on tons of details there because that's going to distract from your animal and you want that to be the focus of your painting. As you draw or as you try to come up with what your background is going to be, take a look at examples. Look up Van Gogh's painting and look up other realistic animal paintings as well to help inspire you. And you'll see that the more that you do this, the more that you try the grid drawing and the more that you pay attention to details and light outlines and things like that, uh, the more that you blend and use shades of the same color, the more realistic your drawing is going to start to be. So I hope that that helps you with creating a realism project. Um, if you don't want to do your project on canvas, if you prefer to stick to paper, if you want to use colored pencils, it's your project. The sky's the limit. You can do this in any way you like with whatever materials you happen to have on hand at home. There's no reason that you can't do this with paper and crayons. It's just a fun exercise to do um, to help you to learn to create art in what may be a new style for you. 
So I hope that you found this interesting and helpful. And like I said, this is a project that can be a lot of fun for artists of all ages. I would love to see what you create if you try this. I would love for you to share the photos in the Amy Latta and Friends Facebook group so that I can see and we can share and we can all be inspired. Um, I know that I have already gotten some comments from folks who watched the video. I have a video of the same series on my YouTube channel and on my website. And I know that there are some folks who have shared this with their kids who are doing homeschool. And um, it's neat to see what they're creating. So please do share your creations. Um, Art is meant to be out there inspiring others and not just kept to ourselves. So stay tuned. There are more art lessons coming soon and more podcasts of all different kinds of topics related to crafting and coffee as well. If you're looking for more information and inspiration, be sure to check out my website at amylattacreations.com. And of course, my specialty is hand lettering. And you can find my books, starting with Hand Lettering for Relaxation, as well as a few others on Amazon and everywhere that books are sold. I also have a brand new venture, which is exciting. I'm selling some hand-lettered stickers, which have been a lot of fun for me to make and create for you. So be sure to check those out at amylattacreations.com slash stickers. And you can tune in to ABC Channel 27 on Good Day PA twice a month to see crafty projects there as well. I'll be sharing um, actually tomorrow, Wednesday, the 9th of September, I will be on there sharing some natural fall decor. So I hope that this inspires you. I hope that you are uh, making the best out of this crazy situation that we find ourselves in in the world right now. Um, And that above all, you just keep on creating. Take care, friends. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.